Hey friends, this is the Celebration Effect podcast, the podcast that gives you the tools and knowledge you need to stop living for the someday and start celebrating the now. Together, we'll celebrate our minds, bodies, and souls and realize that life is cause for celebration. I'm so grateful you're here. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Celebration Effect podcast. I am so grateful you're here. I have a new episode, a different episode for you today, where I am interviewing someone that I found on Instagram who makes me laugh every day about what's going on in the world, because if I didn't laugh, I would cry in my bed, (laughs) and I may have done that a few times. But thankfully, we have people like my podcast guest today, Bobby Sausalito, who is a comedian, a commentator, an internet personality, and a self-proclaimed, loud-mouthed, New England guido, talking all things politics, economy, current events, and now, of course, mindset and personal development, because that's what we talk about here on the Celebration Effect podcast. And that was the reason I reached out to him, because he mentioned it on his Instagram, and I was immediately just called to reach out to him. And it was just so amazing because I had this thought in my head earlier in the day, you know, oh, I should I should ask, you know, Bobby to be on my podcast. And I ended up reaching out to him and he said yes right away. And it was amazing. And you'll notice in the podcast, he talks about how the universe conspires to to help us bring the light into the world. And when he said that, I just I just knew that like this was meant to be. I was supposed to talk to him. I was supposed to share his message on here. Um, and so I'm really excited to do that. I do want to mention that, you know, it is it's going a little political, guys. Sorry, it's got to happen. Um, I know I've been, you know, I'm pretty much neutral on here. And, you know, I, I try to remain that way in general. This one is definitely, as you'll see, a little more um, geared towards one side rather than the other. So I hope you'll stick around and hear his message no matter what it is that you believe, no matter what side of the aisle that you're on, because I believe what we're talking about today is extremely important on both sides. I think his message is that we need to come together right now because it's not about right and left. It's about saving the world as we, uh, as you'll find out. And I hope that it will give you some hope and some insight into how you can help and how we can make this, this world a better place. So without further ado, here is my interview with Bobby Sausalito of Take Naps. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, uh, chatting with me. So first of all, for those of the listeners who don't know you, obviously I know you from Instagram on take naps. So tell us like what, what you're all about on take naps and also why take naps. (laughs) So, um, basically I, when I, I've been buying domain names and, um, and websites for a really long time. And I'm very familiar with how the internet works. I consider myself kind of like a wordsmith as it were. So when I, I've been buying websites since probably, probably like, I think I bought my first domain name when I was like 13 or 14. So I have this very deep understanding of how the internet works and how words work on the internet. So I've been buying and selling domain names for probably about 15 or 20 years. When I bought and sold domain names, all the one word domain names, like podcast microphone, microphone.com, and all of those things were always taken. So I always had to buy names that were like brandable names as we would call them. 
And I always kind of gravitated towards like action word names, like do this or this, that, or whatever. So when I was picking my Instagram handle, even though it was 2013, I was looking for something that was short, succinct, easy to spell, wasn't just my name and was like, was memorable. Generally, when you buy domain names, you want two syllables, this, this, um, and easy to spell, universally understandable. So I was looking around for just naps was like my basic word. And I was looking for things that were around naps. I love naps, go take a nap. And it just happened to be available. And I was like, cool. And I never really thought much of it. I was just like, this is short, easy to spell, memorable, different. And um, I never knew that it would become this. I, I certainly had no idea it would get to this place <laughs> at that time. People ask that you that all the time, like why yeah. take naps? And you have to go into the whole thing about the web domains and everything. <laughs> yeah. I've been, I've been asked, I've been asked the same question on a, on a couple of different podcasts and stuff, but it, it is, it is peculiar and it doesn't, I, I, it certainly makes sense to me why somebody would ask. Yeah. So, well, obviously on, on your channels, you talk about politics, all kinds of things, but like, do you have like a mission that you're kind of an overall arching mission that you are trying to get to with people? Yeah. I think that, see, when I first, the thing, the thing that I always used to think about when I, when I tried to understand business and being an entrepreneur was I always thought that there had to be this grand plan for everything. So with all of the businesses that I've ever started, it was like, this is going to work. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to grind it out until it functions. With this particular project, which it was, it was quite literally me just doing what I wanted to do. I had an Instagram account. I was just making jokes on it. No one really cared. I, had, I was getting 100 views on a video, 200 views, maybe 300. I had maybe 1,000 followers of friends that I had picked up along the way. And I was just really frustrated about what was happening politically. And it was something that I was paying attention to, but nobody in my immediate social circle really cared to talk about it. It's like, it's like, it's with your buddies at the beach on a Saturday. You're not like, Hey, what do you guys think about AOC? Like she's crazy. Right. And, and <laughs> what do you guys think about Biden being a such and such? And most people are like, Hey, we don't talk about politics. You know, we don't, we don't want to talk about that. And I found myself very, very like alone with my frustrations with what was happening. Cause I paid attention to it a lot. And it was like, I'm sure a lot of people felt that way and still feel that way. So I was looking for some way to put it somewhere just to kind of get it out of my body and just put it. And um, so I just used Instagram as the avenue. And before that, I didn't follow any political accounts. I only followed like friends, family, some funny accounts, things like that. But I certainly wasn't looking for news. Um, so I just put it there as a way to kind of vent my frustration. I did this a couple of times and I just so happened to have this one that just popped off at the very right time, um, with the very right message at a, at a moment where everything was hot. And as soon as I saw that opportunity being an internet entrepreneur, I just thought to myself, you know, this would be something that'd be really fun if I could really do this and have a purpose beyond what I'm already doing. I've been building websites since I was 18 years old and I built a ton of websites and did a great job and marketing and branding and spoke at conferences and all these things were great, but I didn't feel like it was using my magic. I was just another guy building websites. There was no, there was no purpose. It was like, it was like help small businesses, but really it was like, take care of myself, further my career, whatever. With this, mm -hmm. it feels like there's really, it feels like there's really a purpose. It's save America. It's teach people how to think. It's change the general political discourse. It's make paying attention to politics cool again. It's try to make it interesting so that people that otherwise wouldn't pay attention do, because the reason that we're in this mess is because the vast majority of people don't look into this with any degree of depth. And that lack of depth and that lack of paying attention 
means that they can further and further encroach on our freedoms and all of the things that make America great. And the message of liberty is uncommon. The, med the message of personal responsibility is uncommon. And what most people don't understand is like, if we had a, if we had a hundred pieces that, that if they could just capture, if they could just capture the majority of them, then they have all of them. It's like, they've got 68 of them and there's 32 left. And it's like, if we don't, if we don't start protecting this before they get it down to those only 10, we'll lose them all. And I just kind of feel like it almost feels like a duty, even though it's fun and I'm having a good time and it's getting me into different situations than websites ever did. Um, I do feel that there's a great purpose to it. It's, it's, it's like my patriotic duty in a way. And in, a, in the same sense, it's, it's, it's almost like, I kind of feel like if you don't challenge yourself to the absolute maximum of what you're capable of, and you have all of these advantages in life, and if you don't really push it to the absolute limit, then you're kind of, you're leaving something on the table and you're not, you're not doing justice to the gift that you have by even being alive in the first place. It's like, I was born in America with a great family, parents that, that loved me. You know, I grew up and I went to a great elementary school and middle school and high school and, and was around people that were kind. And I didn't have to deal with a tremendous amount of adversity. It's like, my parents didn't kick my ass. My dad wasn't an alcoholic. Like I didn't get into these super heavy issues. So I look at myself and I'm like, I have the, like I've been gifted so much that for me to not push myself to try to give back in some way that I have some talent would be squandering all of the gifts that I've been giving given. And I certainly could go and do X, Y, and Z thing and enrich myself and, and live a great life. And my mission could be raise my family. But at this current juncture, I'm like, I have every advantage in the world. If I don't speak up about this, then, then who will? And I know that many people are, but it just seemed like you know, I didn't join the military. I didn't go to war. I, I'm not a public servant. And it's like, if this is the way that I could give back in whatever way and help make the world a better place, then I'll certainly pursue it to the absolute maximum that I can. Totally. Oh my God. You touched on so many different things right there. I don't even know where to start. Well, it sounds like you're super aligned. Like you're not only doing what you love, you're using your skills. Like that's like always what we're talking about. I feel like on this podcast, you know, it's just like, if you can do all those things, I mean, that's kind of like a diamond in the rough to be able to like use the skills that you have while also having a great time. And it's like everybody's wildest dreams, right? It's like yeah. the yeah. American dream, as they say. Although I heard that was like a propaganda thing too, the American dream or something. What What isn't anymore? But it, that is the thing is, you know, when I, when I was building websites, I had most of the, I had most of the chips in line. I'm like, I have a roof over my head. I have money in the bank. I have the car that I want to drive. I mean, I wish it was a Lamborghini, but it's still, I'm, I'm doing all right. And it's like, all of the things are good. It's like, I'm, I'm young, I'm healthy. I have, the world is my oyster and I'm, and I've been building this business for many years and I'm fairly successful at it and everything is great, but it wasn't like, it just didn't seem like it was maximum. It wasn't the pure, it wasn't the true magic. It wasn't, you know, people message me and they're like, I was having a bad day and this made me feel better. Or like, you've inspired me to X, Y, Z. And when I finished a website, people weren't, they were like, nice job, man. Like, see, here's the check, you know, take it easy. And, and it, it just, it didn't have that purpose. It didn't have the fulfillment of that, but it's like, I knew I was there. I just didn't know what it would look like. And my philosophy on life is generally 
I'm going to advance in the direction that I know I want to go. And along the way, I'm going to polish as many skills as I can that I think and know will play, will play into the ultimate goal. And I don't know what it will be. It could be 10 degrees to the left or 10 degrees to the right, but I'm going to just keep polishing all my skills until I get closer and closer. And when the time comes, it will reveal itself to me. And that's what I felt like happened here. It's like all of my history of building websites means that I could build my own website faster, better, stronger, market it, brand it. I know how to brand myself. I knew how to create a merchandise store really quick. I knew how to I knew how to pump out content, edit video about audio, about speak. I mean, I knew all of these things just because of all the skills that I had polished along the way. And as soon as I saw the opportunity, I was just like, all right, full speed ahead. And that type of mindset that I had all the way through is why I was able to capture that opportunity when it came. They always say, it's like, if you start preparing when the opportunity presents itself, you're already too late. So it's like, I want to be sharp so that whenever it, whenever I see it, I can, I can get it and it will, and it, I won't let it pass me by. And that's something that I've been following for many years, not knowing what it would be. And then sure enough, there, there it was. So awesome. You have to start before you're ready, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so but never do ready. you think that like, is that something that like intrinsically, are you like intrinsically motivated or is there something like, is that something someone can go and get, or is that just something that like you have within you? Do you know what I mean? Like, is that, can people study that? Like, you know? I, yeah. I, I think that, see, you can go, you can go into the, I think there's lots of lessons in life that teach us, that teach us many things that if we can simply take what we see over here and apply it to other things, it kind of makes all things make sense. So for example, it's like you shed your skin and like, I believe it's like every cell in your body replenishes itself every seven years or something like that. Someone's going to, maybe I'm butchering the science, but it's something along that, those lines. And I truly believe that anybody can do almost anything that they want. Now, if you're, if you're four foot three, you're probably not going to play in the NBA. And like Gary Vaynerchuk talks about this. And it's like, it's not about you can do anything, but it's that you love basketball. Maybe you'd be the best basketball coach, the best basketball announcer, trainer, doctor, own an arena, manage an arena, who knows what it is. But I just, I generally think that like, like I would imagine it is to quit alcohol or quit doing certain drugs you have to want it and you have to want it so bad that you can't lose because you'll never give up. And I do believe that anybody can have that quality if they, if they, if they spend enough time looking introspectively into their mind and heart and knowing that that is a prerequisite to the greatest success that you could ever have. You, you must feel that way or it will never work. It's like, if you don't have a target, you, you'll, never, you'll never hit it. It's like, if you don't know where you're going or what you wanna do, you'll never get anything. So you have to have that motivation in order to succeed at great levels. And I, I always, when I was younger, I always kind of looked at myself and said, I either have to believe one of two things. I either have to believe that I'm pretty good and I can do lots of good things, or I have to believe that I could be the greatest person that ever lived in the history of time. And I don't mean, and I don't mean in comparison to others. I just mean maximize whatever it is that I'm capable of. And it's like, you either believe you can lead or you don't. And I just kind of realized that at a young age where it was like, I have to believe that I'm different. I have to do things that are different. I have to think different, act different, and, and do things that are uncommon in order to obtain uncommon goals. And it was like that decision 
looking at it saying, I'm 16 or I'm 18 or I'm 19. It's like, if I was to just put my mind to this my entire life, you're going to lead me to believe that a good looking dude that speaks English, that was born in America, that went to a great school, that had a loving family, that has two hands and two feet and, 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 a, and, a, and a healthy body can't do this if they put their whole mind to it for their whole life. It's like, how could that be possible? It was like, to me, it just seemed like a foregone conclusion. It's like, no matter what, it will work. The question is, what is it and when, but it will work. So I was just like, just maintain that mindset. I listened to a million successful people. They all said the same thing. Never give up, never give up, never give up. And I'm just like, okay, I hear you. Like the message is clear. Drive forward, maximized forever. That's the goal. It's kind of like when I first, when I first moved to Florida, I'll never forget. I used to run five miles a day and I went to this, I went to this um, uh, like a trade show and this woman at the trade show uh, was a personal trainer. And she's like, you know, your arms are not looking too big. And I was like, I didn't even, I didn't even think about arms. Oh my God. I was like, I'm, I was like, I'm in shape, but I didn't even think about arms. She, she like shook me up. I'm like, I got to go to the gym. Like it, 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 I didn't even realize women cared about arms. So I went to the gym and I'm at the gym signing up for my membership. And they're like, how long of a membership do you need? And I just remember thinking to myself, wait, I have to go to the gym for the remainder of my time on earth. Like, what's a, what do you mean membership? I'm like, this is a, this is a forever. This is a exercise daily, every other day till you die or you die. And it was that type of mindset with the gym and with every single thing that I'm doing that I'm like, this has to be an every day forever. And then I'll reach the most, the, the, the greatest actualization of my personal legend of my capacity of what I can do. As long as I maintain this mindset, it's inevitable. It's like, who's going to stop me? What's going to stop me? Nothing. And as long as I'm happy and enjoying it along the way, even though I may not have the, a pool, even though I may not have a, a Lamborghini, it's like, life is good. And no matter what, as long as I see myself moving 1% a day, then I'm satisfied. Right. Yeah. It's like that, that analogy of like the melting ice. It's like, it's only ice. And then all of a sudden it's melted. I don't know if you've heard that before, but it's like, it just, it's that tipping point. Right. I think that's a book, but um, yeah, I totally agree with that. Well, and so along the same lines of mindset, I know you've talked about how if we in taking, you know, personal responsibility with like things that are going on in the world right now, if people invested more in them in themselves, like maybe you can talk a little bit more about, about that. Like, how do you see that changing the world essentially? Uh, what investing in yourself? Yeah. And like taking personal responsibility and mindset and like starting with yourself, I guess. The, I think that I've said this a number of times and I got to credit Andy Frisella from first form for, for, for really driving this home is that the battle is won and lost in your mind first. And every single thing that happens in our life is a consequence of the, of the, of the way that we react to the conversation we have with ourself. And in your mind, you make thousands of decisions every day. And your life is the, is the, is the result of those series of, of conversations that you have internally in your mind. I don't need to go to the gym today because of X or I should X or I'm to this or I'm not enough of this. It's like personal responsibility and the mindset 
is the core fundamental element of everything. There is nothing else. It's almost like, it's almost like if you had a skyscraper with all of the most amazing things ever in it and all of the, everything I imagine you could have from the, from the ground to the sky, but you have no foundation, there's no skyscraper. It's like, you must, you must focus on your mindset first, foremost, always, now until forever, every day, no matter what, that's the answer. Mindset is all things, it's everything. And I think that until we realize that, that again, every battle is, is won or lost in your mind first, that all of the greatest things that have ever happened in your life and will ever happen in your life first begin as a thought. It's like, I think I should X. I should call that person. I should go to that place. I should do that thing. I should do this right now. I should do this tomorrow. I should save this money or buy this watch or whatever is the case. Every single thing is a thought. And if we could understand the profound and enduring impact that these individual thoughts have, we would change the way we think. If we could understand that the greatest things in your life that will ever happen are a thought in the shower, are a thought in the car, are a thought while you're walking, are a thought on the treadmill. Every single thing is a thought first. So what do you do with that thought? Do you cultivate it? Do you drown it out by smoking weed? Do you drown it out by hanging out with someone that's a lower vibration than you? Do you drown it out by watching TV? What do you do with this capacity for, for productive thought every day? And if we could just take more time to focus on the internal conversation and spend more time, as Andy Frisella says, winning the battle, winning, winning the battle over your bitch voice, dominating your bitch voice. If we could simply do that every day, all the way through to the best of our capacity, then all of the greatest things we could ever imagine would come as a, as a result. But absolutely nothing will work without that. It's like, it is not optional. It's the only thing. It's everything. It's all things. All greatness comes from there first. So it's like, what are you thinking about? What are you, are you thinking about what you're going to do today, tomorrow, next week, next month, three years, five years, 10 years? Are you literally thinking about that? Because I think about that stuff all the time. And that's the only reason why any of these things have worked is because as soon as I hit it, as soon as I get a win, I don't celebrate it that much. I rejoice, but I don't celebrate it. And if I get kicked in the face, I don't, I try not to dwell on it. And the better that I get at eliminating the downs and not going too high when it goes up and just following a nice equilibrium as I slide upwards, then it's like the world is, the world is completely malleable. Everything you could ever have would come simply from that first. And that's the message that I'm trying to get out there. And it explains, quite frankly, it explains every single problem that we have in the world today is that we're not winning the battle with ourself. We're not winning the internal voice in our mind. We're letting the dark side overcome the light more often than not. And as a result, it's poor me, I need this. Poor me, I need that. Someone save me. Someone help me. I'm a victim. Oh my God. Some government pay me what I need. It's all of these things. And every single thing originally comes back to the root is like, do, are you winning the battle with yourself? Are you winning the conversations in your mind? And it answers every question that could ever be answered. Totally. <clears throat> oh my gosh. I mean, it's like everything I ever wanted to say, just some <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. So, well, that brings me to like where we are today, I guess I'll say the word COVID and hopefully it doesn't get uh, flagged on my, uh, my podcast. But so in terms of that, like, obviously people think one thing is happening. I want to get your, like your dumbed down, like tell us the nitty gritty, what is really going on and you know, what's, what's going to happen based on what 
what you think is going on essentially? Well, well it's a big question. I know. Yeah. Well, I <laughs> like, think, where do I start? I think that there are, there have been no shortage of pandemics in the world. And I think that this particular one is being co-opted, manipulated, and, and used as part of a greater power grab to push the United States more towards government dependence and socialism. And I think that what's happening is, is that the global, the global elites, the true people that run and orchestrate the happenings of the entire world have been in control of it for a very long time. There's a very, there's a very small group of elite families that have run the world since before we can even imagine it. They run the international bank, they run the international banking systems, they run the money, they run all of the political structures, they basically manipulate the goings on of the entire world. They have these families that have these great family trees, this generational wealth that goes far beyond when they, certainly the richest person in the world, you're not actually going to see on the Forbes richest list of people in the world. So what they're doing and what I think is happening is that these people have been in control of the of kind of like the shadow undergoings of how the world has worked for many many years and there's all of these people that are that run their life based on power greed and money and when you have all the money in the world what do you want more of you can have everything you want what you want more of is power so you don't have to be a per, you don't have to be the president of the united states to have power you have to have you should have to be the person that controls the money that controls how things flow that can manipulate how markets interact with one another and how the general how the general population reacts so what would one do in order to control those and though and like many people have said it's like this is straight out of the communist manifesto it's like you you control you control the supply and the flow of money you control all of the finances around the world you get all the heads of state you basically can just bribe them you get you can make sure that you can orchestrate and manipulate every single government structure that the world has then you take up you buy up all the media companies the means of communication the newspapers the magazines the books the publishers every single thing that could ever be they ever be there to manipulate and control the public? How do you control the public? Pit them against each other, get them fearful, afraid, scared, scared of their fellow man, begging for you to take their freedom away for some semblance of this fictitious safety that doesn't even exist. You make them to believe that the world is a nice padded ball. And as long as they color between your lines that you set, that they will be safe and protected forever. And don't pay attention, don't look here, don't look at anything. So they were ready to, they've, they've, they've used any crisis that's happened throughout human history to, to squeeze and extract more power, more manipulation, more ability to, to change how the world works and, and just compartmentalize it into how they want it to run. They see this, they see this disease and it's just like, okay, the hospitals are incentivized by government payouts to lie about what's this they they use they lie with statistics they keep the people in fear and then along the line everybody kind of along the whole pyramid of how the world operates everybody kinds of falls in line purely out of greed and money and they know that so they're just like the anchor in the local news station wants to be at the top of 
wants to have a national news story. So they're going to go after the story that's the most fear, the most emotional. Then you got the anchor that's above that person. They want to rise up in that company. They want to make more money. They, they're driven by greed. So you have all these people that are driven by greed status, power, and, the, and their ability to climb up the ladder. They see which side is winning. And they're just like, I'm going... I'll go with the bad guys, whatever, because it's going to help me protect and insulate my family unit. And that's that they're not, they don't have honor. So they're just like, all right. So you find all these people that can be exploited and you artificially place them in different parts of the pyramid so that they could do whatever they want and do your bidding now until forever. You reward them with different varieties of different things, money, power, access, whatever is the case. If you take all of these pieces together and then you have this sickness, you lie about the statistics, you lie about what it does, you keep the population in fear, you, you, you race bait everybody, get everybody divided against their fellow man, keep everybody at a low, low frequency, restrict their ability to communicate with each other, restrict their ability to move, extract more power so that they are begging for you to take their power away. Meanwhile, you got all the politicians and every single person bought and paid for from the top to the bottom, all the way through and through forever. You know that, you know that your money is so powerful that you can influence any variety of things. Things. You could buy people off. You could blackmail people by getting by playing on their emotions and manipulating their ability and putting them in a precarious situation. Up, oh, your son did this. Are you going to do this? So we're going to we're going to put your son up, up, and you and then you just dangle all these carrots. You use your 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 super deep and super intense understanding of society, human beings, and how the world works, and you manipulate it in your likeness. And then meanwhile, you have a small group of people that are all in cahoots that all have the same general idea, which is we need power, absolutely. And you just further drive towards this multi-hundred year plan for complete total global domination that literally no one would ever be able to break because there is no escape. You take all of these things together, and it explains, I think, every single thing that's happening. It's like greed, power. Is the sickness real? Absolutely. Yeah, sure. It's real. Is it as bad as they say? I don't think so. Is it bad for certain people? Sure. But they lie with the numbers. They lie to divide us. They want to control us. They want the country to be socialist because if it's socialist, then they got us in control. It's like, if they can, if they can penalize you for thought crimes, if they can silence you, it's like complete and total world domination through and through. The last bastion of freedom, the last piece of the people v. this structure is the United States of America. It's the freest nation on earth. If you could capture that, then the game is over. And I think that they understand that. And that's, and I think that in totality is why all of this stuff is happening. In other countries, it's a lot easier to manipulate the structure. People can be paid off a lot easier. They don't have the same freedoms as we do. The people can't speak up, blah, blah, blah. And meanwhile, you have a communist regime in China where they have disgusting control over the people and they're quickly becoming the world's largest economy. It's like the plan is just chugging right along. And, and while we're all distracted, looking at each other, being mad at our fellow man, thinking that cigarettes are racist and this person is like, we're all distracted. And meanwhile, they're just, we're in the front yard yelling at each other and they're in the backyard taking everything we got. And, and most people don't even understand it that's my answer. No, I love it. <laughs> so, but what do you say when people, because I mean, I've talked to people about this and they think that's, I mean, you're just such a conspiracy theorist. Like, do you actually think that this is like, how could that really happen? Like, what do you say? I mean, I'm sure you get that all the time, right? Well, well here's the question. What, what, how could what really happen? I mean, it's, it's obvious. I mean, are we losing freedoms? Yep. Is the value of the money decreasing every day? Yep. 
I mean, are they printing money into oblivion? Yep. Look at the things that they're putting into place. Look at the stuff that's on TV. Look at the laws that they're trying to pass. It's like, it's not just like three dudes like puppeteering the whole world. It's a vast network of people that are all greed and power hungry. And it's, and it's not that they're all like sitting together in a room like this. It's just that there's lots of different factions. There's good and evil. The world is yin and yang. And I believe that there's likely more light than there is dark. However, however, it is the fate of the people depends on their ability to stand up for their freedoms. And, you know, what is so amazing about America is the United States of America had every reason to believe that they could not win the Revolutionary War. I mean, they had better weapons. They had a larger army. I mean, they had everything where the likelihood that we would win was fairly low. And they understood the significance of what was happening in terms of the history of the world, in my opinion. And I think that call it the universe, call it God, call it whatever you want, something along with pure grit and honor led them to understand that what they had to do was what they had to do. And they believed that even though it was an unsurmountable task or an unachievable, maybe seemingly unachievable goal, that it had to be done. And they saved us from this power rule. And they wrote the most significant document that has ever been written to protect human life in the history of time, the history of human existence. And they laid it out in very plain and obvious English and wrote things like, shall not be infringed and a variety of other terms. And the purpose of that document was to protect our freedoms and our rights. The government was instituted to protect our freedom, to represent us, to protect our ability to remain free. The government was established to, to protect us. So it's like, if you can just make it seem like that document is malleable, even though it explicitly states that it's not. And if you could figure out ways to say, well, they were racist, therefore this. And then if you could figure out a way to get a sitting president of the United States say that no, that no amendment to the constitution is absolute. I mean, it's like, it's to me, it's just so obvious. So it's not a conspiracy theory because conspiracy theories is just basically somebody that thinks differently than the general mass of people. Every single thing in history has, that has ultimately even became true has ultimately started as such. For the longest time, I forget who it was. In, like, I understand history, but I don't know the exact names and dates. We thought, that the, we thought that the sun rotated around the earth. And that was generally considered to be factual science until somebody said that it wasn't true. It's actually, we rotate around the sun. And every single person was like, you're a conspiracy theorist. And every single thing that's ever been true ever in time has started as a person that questioned the general belief. So America is that. All these things are that. And a lot of the time, they end up being true time and time again. And, and I think that when you pay attention for a long duration of time, these things become clearer. And the vast majority of people that, that say those things haven't taken the time to research and understand over a long span of time. And on top of that, any person that understands that people's thoughts are the only thing that will save them, you try to infiltrate 
where they might be weak. So you got a hundred things and 46 of them are true because they just put four, 54 of them in there that aren't because they tried to inject things to mix you up, to get you distracted, to get you looking this way and that way. They know that those are the people that think differently. So they don't want you to do that. They don't want to let you just run with it. They're going to demonize it. You're going to see it on SNL. That's a conspiracy theorist. It's like, when you see these things come true over long spans of time, it, it really messes you up. Like, I remember, I think it was in 2000, I want to say 2010, um, I first heard about Jeffrey Epstein and all the horrible things that Epstein was doing. And this guy quite literally got away with it for 30 years. And it was a widely known, it was widely known that this guy was a, was a true scumbag. And like, I'm not that old yet, but I remember seeing this and I'm like, well, when they get him, that'll be like one of many indicators that this is right. And like, sure enough, here it is. And all these horrible things. And here's his island. And here's the stories. And here's the documentaries. And here's Julian Maxwell. And here's all these things. So it's like, that's one of hundreds of things that have come true over time. So to say it's a conspiracy theorist, I think is a, uh, is a, is a term that it's somebody would out. put in. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a term somebody would put in to distract you from thinking differently. And if there, if there weren't for people who thought differently, we would be enslaved considerably more than we even are. Totally. Well, so that brings me to when you always talk about Pompeo and you're like, you're like, maybe not, or, or maybe, but like, no, dude, <laughs> I love that. So what, I mean, for people who don't know, like, what is that reference to about Pompeo? <laughs> well, <laughs> so um, during the, during the election, I was very team Donnie. I'm like, Donnie is like, he's the, he's the best that I've seen. I generally believe that there was no way we'd ever win before. So when I saw Donnie get in, I'm like, wow, like, would you look at that? Maybe we actually could turn it around. These are things that actually make sense. Someone that's actually speaking truth to power the vast majority of the time. So when he, when he didn't get elected or whatever, um, I remember just thinking, like, hold the line. Like, this guy is smart. He knew this was going to happen. He's, if anybody could figure out a way through this legal battle, it would be this guy. So it's hold the line. It's wait, allow them to play it out. They're going to take it to court, Supreme Court, all this stuff. I was waiting for, oh, it's going to be December 20th. Oh, it's going to be January 6th. And I thought, okay, he said, come to DC on January 6th. This is a moment in time. He's going to, all the truth will be revealed. I said, this is it. If I don't see something on January 6th, then I'm not going to know what's up. I got to go see it with my, with my eyes. I go up there. I listen to the speech. It was the same stuff that he'd been saying for months. It was go down and tell Mike Pence to switch the thing, go march down the thing. And I'm, I'm walking down the street and I'm just like, this is like sheep being led to the slaughter. This is a trap. Like they are going to trap us. There's people going nuts. There's, there's word that people are going inside that I hear cop sirens. This is a trap. And if this guy is playing five dimensional upside down underwater chess, like everybody suggests that he is, then he should have known better than to lead us all to the slaughter. And it was then that I realized that, that the people that are really playing upside down five dimensional chess are the people that are on the radical left, the people that are running the world, that are driving us towards socialism and, and, and everlasting dependence and control. And it was then that I just realized this is not what I thought. 
we have to stop. We have to stop idolizing Donnie, even though he did so many great things and I still support him to this day. And we have to try to realize that this is not the only solution. And if we just keep blindly giving faith to him, we're going to miss all of these other things that are happening around us. And, and in so many ways, the guy put his foot in his mouth and is not maybe the best representation of what we actually need to, in theory, like save America. So it was then after the six, people were like, hold the line, Jan 20, he's going to switch it on Jan 20th. And then I just kept hearing people that were dragging this out. It was January 20th. Then it was, then it's February 20th. Then it's March 1st. Then it's March 31st. Then wait till the summer, wait till the fall. He's running a super secret underground shadow operation. And he's, he's got the military, the military is in control. And I just started freaking out. Cause I'm just like, this is a distraction. This could in, in a lot of ways be controlled opposition. This could be people thinking that someone's going to come save them. Meanwhile, the bad guys are in your backyard taking everything you got. So I just started saying, like, Donnie is not in a pineapple under the sea with Pompeo, like communicating with Elon Musk and Starlink. People were saying that Donnie was like a time traveler, that his great grandfather knew Tesla and he made it. I'm like, you guys are insane. So I just started saying the most insane things that I could have. Like he's in a pineapple under the sea. Him and Pompeo are going to come on a Black Hawk, rappel down, arrest Pelosi, put everyone in, the, in, a, in, a, in a truck and take them to Gitmo. And I just came up with the most insane things I could come up with because it just seemed to me like there were so many people that think they know, that want to believe, that get people that want to believe, that are towing them along the line and ultimately distracting what would otherwise be well-meaning and well-thinking people that could be putting their mind towards something that we actually can change that's in the near future. Instead of, instead of hoping and praying on a mountain, waiting for Donnie to come and save everybody's life. So I try to just make it funny and ridiculous because that's what it seemed like it is to me. Totally. Yeah. Well, so that brings me to this other thing of this idea that Obviously we, so I believe that we, what we focus on expands. I think you generally agree with that. And so obviously we don't want to be over in this, the fear of, you know, the virus, right. But then there's this other side of the fear of what we're talking about, where it's going. So if we are all in agreement of where you think that it's going, like, where do you think everyone needs to put their focus on, um, in order to, you know, save the world essentially? Well, I'll ask you that question because I've already said it. So I bet you can answer that. Where should everybody start to save the world? Themselves. <laughs> well, yeah. And that's what I've been saying too, is like, why I was going to ask you, why do you think we're here? And, you know, I think we're here because we have like, we have disempowered ourselves in every aspect of our lives, like finance, um, you know, politics, medical, right? We're like, oh, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a medical professional. I'm not... And we offload our, uh, our power. And so it's time for us to say, okay, I'm going to read up on that. I'm going to learn. I'm going to run. I mean, this makes me cringe, but I'm going to run for my HOA like board so I can make a change. But I mean, that's what it's going to take, right? For normal people who are good intention people to like do things, right? Yes. We underestimate, we over, I think, I think the quote is something like this. We overestimate what we can do in one year and we underestimate what we can do in 10 years. And the answer to all of our problems and how we will get out of this and get out from under this is every person needs to take more personal responsibility for what they think about and what they do day to day. 
And if more people don't do that, then it, it will be our certain demise. And it is up to us, like it has been up to so many people in the past, where a very small group of people with a common goal change the world in that, after that goal. And when you think about the amount of soldiers that fought in the Revolutionary War compared to the total population, when you think of, when you think of the amount of people that led the civil rights movement compared to the total population, small groups of people with a common goal that spread a message of how to think, not what to think, but how to think, change the world for the better. And in all those times that I'm sure you had growing up where you thought to yourself, why is that like that? Unless we create the solution to it, it will never be solved. We all pass off responsibility because it's not my problem. Elect someone to do it. I don't want to work out, hire a trainer. I don't, want to, I don't want to do this for myself. Who's going to teach me how to do it? We all offload that responsibility. And we all, we all find that participating in the political discourse is not something where we can have an impact. And now we're feeling, now we're feeling the repercussions of that mindset. And it only takes a generation for our liberties to go away. And I think that the previous generation, what I would consider to be like the boomer generation, for example, there was their parents and all the people that fought in wars, the, the significant wars, they did all of that forging. And then the next generation, like the boomer generation, generally speaking, those things were kind of laid out. So it's like, go to college, get a good job, get a family, pick a fence. And I'm not disparaging them, but now is the next generation. And we have to understand that if we allow kids to go to school and be indoctrinated and we allow them to not, and we don't teach them about credit scores, how to manage money, how to buy a house, how to do all these things. Unless we individually contribute our own effort back towards changing this, it will ever change. And so many great things have happened in the world because one person decided to do something and it rippled through the fabric of humanity until the end of time. And there's so many examples of stuff like that. And so many examples where those people weren't like liked, right? I mean, you're going to get a lot of haters as I'm sure you have. I have definitely gone through it a little bit. So no one, it, if it's easy, it's not, it's probably not very rewarding and it's the challenge that we need to drive towards. And I just didn't want to be 60 years old and God forbid, should I be lucky enough to have children and have them be like, dude, what, like, what did you do guy? And, and just say, well, you know, I elected some, some chooch to, to do it for me, or I didn't pay attention because I was too busy X, Y, and Z. And I think that if we all had that mindset, there would be no soldiers. I mean, soldiers, American soldiers have dove on a grenade to protect one other person. And that's a split second decision that somebody had the courage and honor to do. And to think that that is lost now, it's like, you don't even have to jump on a grenade. You have to speak up. You have to use whatever your unique talent is 
to give back to the world, to make the world a freer and better place. I used to think, I remember when I was younger, every, everything was explored, everything was set, the world was ready to go. And I remember just being like, how am I gonna change the world? What's the change? Everything's good. There's a TV, a car, a gas, you buy a bottle of water. I never really thought that there was, but it's like, there's kids starving. There's people uneducated. There's people that don't have clean water. I mean, the stupidest things that should be so solvable. And as long as, as long as great people with great capacity are self-interested and not group interested, then all of these bad and evil things will continue. And we're not going to solve them all. But collectively, if every person just took a little bit of their mindset to think about how they could change the world for the better in one small way localized, then the world would exponentially be better as a result. It's like, it's like, one, plus, it's like one plus one equals three, especially on a large scale. And we can, if we don't take the time to simply think about it, we're screwed. And it's why when I, when I hang out with people, I try to see how I could leave them with something or how I could share whatever I've got to help them move up. Because I know that the greatest leaps forward in my life have, have come as a result of myself thinking away, creating a situation, having a conversation, and that leading to a lifetime of difference as a result. And again, it first begins with the thought, then the event, then the conversation, the sharing, everybody lifting each other up. We, we have this capacity and to think that this is out of our control, I think is silly. And people die and new people are born and the machine is cranking. And in the brief time that you have here, are you gonna output more good than you take away? Are you gonna leave with more, give more than you took? And if, if only everybody could leave 1% more than they gave, Think of the impact of that. So that's the message that I'm trying to get out because I don't understand how any other message could be more relevant than that. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to help everybody. It's just, could you help one person? Could you get healthier yourself? Could you, instead of buying you know, a cheeseburger, buy a salad? Could you, could you change one thing that would change all these other things that collectively would have great impact, like recycling? It's like, if we all just thought that if I, if I don't recycle, who cares, we'd be screwed. So I just think that, there, that we, we underestimate the power of thoughts. We underestimate the power of communication with the people that we're close to. We underestimate how important what we say is to ourselves and to other people. And what, one thing that my dad told me when I was younger, he's just like, be careful what you say because you are listening. And it's like, cause I was like, oh, I'm never gonna this. I can't do this. And he's like, can't never, like you're hearing yourself say it, which means you're perpetuating the fact that that won't be a thing. So it's like, be careful what you say, you're listening. Be careful what you say to other people, they're listening. If we changed our mindset, if we changed what we think about, if we changed the way that we have conversations, the ripple effect impact of that over a lifetime is enough to me to change the vast majority of our problems in and of itself. And it purely begins at the mindset of a person first and ripples out will leave from there. So it's like any conversation that's not that my high school football coach said this to me. And I've said this a million times on podcasts. He said, every day you get better at something or you get worse at it, you never stay the same. And it's like, when you think about that, you're just like, did I get better or get worse today? So 
if we always are 1%, the world changes. And another, and I'll, and I'll hit you with another quote that I've said before too. My dad said to me one time, he said, the cumulative effect of moving several inches a day every day is far greater than moving several feet at a time once in a while. So it's like, if we can just move an inch every day, help people every day, tell other people not what to think, but how to think, change the general conversation, get around people that cultivate more things. We lift each other up. The world changes. Their power diminishes if we can all spend more time winning in here and then everything out here is easier to manipulate and, and win at as well. And I think that that's the only message that I'm here to deliver. I don't know what this is. I don't know if you're real. I don't know what this even is. It's a camera. Is anyone listening? Am I? Li I don't know. But all I know is that this to me is so abundantly clear. So like, here I am. I am a star being much like you and the person that's listening. This is my message. Do something about it. So that's what I'm doing. And if I have to Trojan horse that into your mind through comedy or stupid jokes or whatever it is, then sick, I'm going to do it because I'm going to strategize the way to perpetuate that message so that when I leave, that this is what's left, my essence. And that's what I've got. And I don't know what else there is, but that's what I have at least right now. Totally. I love that. Um, okay. Last question along the same lines is, um, what do you think, what's the most positive thing that's going to come out of all this? The positive thing is that these types of conversations have the ability to have immediate relevance if we weren't walking around in diapers, unable to travel with, with, with laws being made that are objectively insane, with insane news stories, everybody in fear, if all this stuff wasn't happening, these messages would, excuse me, would fall on deaf ears um, a lot more. My ability to have this voice came as a result of all this madness. If people weren't as frustrated with what was going on, my video wouldn't have hit. I wouldn't have had that thought. And even though I was woke, so to say, and even though I was paying attention, the message wouldn't have hit if everybody wasn't locked up, being muzzled, feeling like this is something that's bad and, and, and paying more attention because they, in my opinion, they kind of overplayed their hand a little bit where it's like, they're taking everything. Now they were taking one piece at a time, but now they're taking handfuls at a time. And Luckily, I think that it's waking more people up faster. And I think that at the end, I think we win. I think that we have to maintain that disposition that we win, that good wins. So if good wins and everybody never gives up and we believe that we are truly the light and on the side of positive and the good and not evil, not human suffering, not all this bad stuff, then it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of consistent effort all the time. So I think that it allowed for these types of messages to exist. I mean, on August 19th of 2020, I had a, a thousand followers, a hundred views of video. No one cared about what I had to say other than the people that are around me that when they spent enough time to get deep with me, were like, this dude is, is on one. And <laughs> people that were really in my, in my social circle, very tight, saw that. But people that I met that I knew for a few months here and there, acquaint, like they don't know that depth. I didn't even have the ability to showcase it that way. And how does somebody get that message out? They have to use social or what's the, what's the way that they did it in the past? You write a book, it's challenging. 
people, do people read books, audio books? It's this long, arduous process. So myself and many others were given a voice by, call it the universe. I don't know what you want to call it. It doesn't even really matter. But the stars aligned where this was necessary in order for the world to evolve, for people to evolve. So the universe presented a variety of opportunities to a variety of different people, businesses, and, and voices to get their play on the playing field because the universe said these are necessary in order for evolution to occur, in order for people to get better, in order for the good to win, in order for the light to shine through the darkness. This is what happens. So I believe that I, like many, many others, were like, all right, here it is. What are you going to do? And I think that the positive from all this is that many of those things have the chance to rise to the surface. And my thousand followers, even though it may seem insignificant, if I got the message through to one person that tells one person, I could have helped 10 people, maybe 10,000, maybe 10 million, I don't know. But the universe trans, you know, conspired for these things to work because it was needed in order to save itself. And I'm just one small piece in the same way that a forest fire burns away the brush so that the forest can be healthier. In the same way that natural disasters stir up the nature so that, the, that they can heal them, so it can heal itself. I mean, the earth heals itself much like our body heals itself. You scrape your arm, the skin regrows. And I think that the earth and humanity and the universe is giving us all of these things purely and simply as lessons for how we can understand how other parts of reality work. You scrape your arm, it's real bad, it hurts, but it heals itself if you treat it the right way. If you figure out how to protect it, you figure out how to insulate it, you work hard, you focus on it, you make sure that it's, you make sure that it's safe, it, it heals itself. The earth heals itself, humanity heals itself. And I think that this is just yet another iteration of nature doing what nature does, fixing itself. And the message I think is, one of those things that is just the skin regrowing on the scab. The it doesn't mean that we're, it doesn't mean that we can't scrape our arm again. It doesn't mean that we're insulated forever. It just means that this is the current, this is the current protectionary measure that the universe is taking in order to evolve, in my opinion. So good. Yeah, no, I love all that. That's awesome. Well, and that was a good way to make it more positive, right? Now we know what we need to do and we know it's all going to be fine, hopefully. <laughs> No, not hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Right. Definitely. Because I'm listening. Yes. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. think about it. You just created doubt in your own mind and in the people that listened. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. It's like I'm gonna cut that out, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but but that's the thing is like we have to stay there. We have to always come back to that. And yeah, we always fall down and we have our moments and we have our days where it's like, you know, can't get up, can't get out of bed crying. Right. Uh, but then we watch one of your videos and we raise our vibration again and we get back into it. Cause it's like, like you said, it's like, you're healing yourself. You have your down days. It's not that it's not going to be hard. It's not that we don't have to go through it. It's that we know that there's light at the end of the tunnel. You know, yeah. the universe has my back, that kind of thing. As long as we are, as long as we are winning the battle with ourselves. As long as we are on the same, on that mindset, as long as we don't give up, then that can be achieved. And we create the light at the end of the tunnel. 
It's like, it is our responsibility. It's not, hopefully it's, will we make it so? And that's it. And the, what I find is that the universe will rise to meet us, whatever it, God call it, whatever. I don't even care. I don't even want to label it, but it's like, when you do the thing that's right, I do believe that the universe conspires with you to make it work. It's like, it rises to meet you. It parts to see for that thing to happen. And it aligns itself in the way that needs to align. And as we look backwards in things in our life, we realize that all of the hard things ultimately led to the best things. All of the things we thought we needed, it was good we didn't get them. All of the relationships that we thought we should have had, it was good that they didn't work out. All of the moves that we were going to make that we thought if I only had this and we didn't get it, led us to this. And I think that the world works in the same way. And that as long as we are making the right decisions and winning that battle and thinking positive and driving forward and getting better and helping the other people get better and understanding that it all is going to work out so long as we don't give up, then we win. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Well, awesome. Well, I hope that this will help people think about things a little bit differently. Maybe you planted a few seeds for people today. Thank you so much. I'm, I had a great time talking with you and I can't wait to uh, share this with everyone. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's my pleasure. And I, I always like to say, I appreciate you and thank you for giving me the time to talk. And I appreciate everybody that's taking their precious time on earth to listen to this. And totally. if I could, if I could leave anybody with anything, it's just, please do something about it. And though, though seemingly insignificant, even something as simple as one step in the right direction is how this change begins. And if you, and if somebody is like, all right, well then where do I start? Google the, or look on YouTube for the video called, um, I think it's, I think it's, you want to change the world, start by making your bed. It's something like that. Make your bed every day. You want to change the world, start by making your bed. That is the, if everybody, if anyone wants a starting point, start with that, make your bed every day, change your life. We win the good guys win, the good girls win. I think that we got this as long as more people keep spreading that message and we totally. keep winning the battle with ourselves. So, but thank you. And thanks to everybody that's listening. Of course. And where can people find you? Obviously we talked about take naps, but yeah, it's uh, it's at take naps on Instagram. It's Bobby Sausalito on YouTube, Facebook, Facebook, Instagram, and, and YouTube are the spot. And all my links are on bobbysauce.com. Bobbysauce.com. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Thank you again, Bobby. Really appreciate it. Nope, no problem. Thanks. So there you have it, guys. My interview with Bobby Sausalito. So much fun, so much good insight, and so much positivity. Honestly, I just feel so re-energized and excited about what we can create. You know, when he's talking about getting down to that community level and seeing how you personally can make a difference, um, I just think that's so important. And it's the message that I'm trying to spread here, as you know. So. I am just so thankful to him. Thank you, Bobby. Make sure to go and follow him over on all of the places that he mentioned. He has some great merch, some great uh, t-shirts if you're into that kind of thing um, over on his website. So thanks, guys. I hope that it inspired you just as much as it did for me. And don't forget to take a little time this week to celebrate your life.